Welcome to Ease, the entertainment and showbiz experiences podcast. It's all things entertainment based, how to get into it and how to develop it into something once you are ready to move on. All the information people didn't tell you, forgot to tell you, or were too busy to tell you, all told through personal experiences. Welcome back to part two with John Sharon. Hopefully you've caught up and heard all of his incredible journey leading up to now. We'll get to hear what he told Bill Prince as he was walking off the ship. We discuss more about Patty Colombo and his amazing career in cruise ship entertainment. John has created more than 100 new shows for Holland America Line. We sit down and discuss his newest project, Step One Dance Company. The talent is evolving, the technology is evolving, and the shows on cruise ships are definitely evolving. We finally discuss how this pandemic is really affecting him and all of the entertainers out there. Enjoy part two with John Sharon. Hardest thing I've ever done. And as I was walking off the boat after it was all a success and, and Bill Prince says, so would you like, would you consider doing this again? And I said, absolutely not. But <gasps> thank you so much for the opportunity. And I went back to my life. I'm like, I, you know, and at the time it was, I'm not even going to say how much money I did it for, but I did it for very little money. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was like, this is just not worth it. I don't want to do this anymore. So I, I, you know, I went back to theater and doing my thing and, and uh, I got a call from Bill Prince and, and at the time, you know, I wasn't the part of the reason I didn't want to do it again is, is I, I was really treated bad by the, the producer of production central. I'm not going to say his name, um, but I was treated badly and I was like, well, I don't, I, look, I'm making very little money. The work is like, it's not fulfilling because it's, I have to just go with whatever flies out first. I d- have never got to go back or think about a number or uh, all, all I could do was just keep going. And it's like, and that's, you know, anyone that knows me knows that's not how I work. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, methodical like I like to think things out and plan things out and prep it out and do it the right way and 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 um Bill said to me um well what if he called me up after I had said no I don't want to do this anymore and he said well what if it was just you and me producing it and and the production company was here that just there to merely um serve you and I said well well, that sounds a little better. Mm-hmm. And I did I did a couple more ships after that. And we were still doing it the same way to where I was getting the music, you know, the same day as the dancers were there. I'd be up all night. I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. So like one more year after that, I said, great. I, now we have the temperament that I like. You know, no one's yelling and screaming at me and calling me an idiot and all that. Um, but, uh, we've got to do this the right way. And I said, I will not, I will not walk into a room anymore that we're creating a show that I had not planned out, prepped and, and I'm ready to put my best foot forward. And, and this is where the sketch group was, was, I guess, invented, um, um, for at least for my circle, because I haven't done a lot of sketch in my day back then there wasn't a lot of sketching you know um Mm -hmm. where companies actually paid for people to sketch and um and so i i said to bill i said i I said i want two weeks of prep 
and I want two weeks with the cast. I'm no more of this getting the music and having to be done in a week or having to be done in in 10 days and then we're off to the ship. It's like, oh, we're not doing it that way anymore. I, I, I really, and, and, and back then, I'm telling you, there wasn't a ballad to be found, TJ, not a to be found. It was 55 minutes. Of med- <laughs> it was like eight medleys within 55 minutes of nonstop staging. You yeah. know, if there was a ballad, it was 16 bars of a slowdown and then went back into it where, you know, and so, yeah. So a show called Romance on Broadway came up and I had convinced Bill that we can sing ballads, Bill. We can sit there and sing ballads and be, and we invented this beautiful ballad medley that, that to this day I can listen to again and go, this was gorgeous. This was, now this was actually revolutioning or, or, or taking the cruise ship show to the next level where, where you know, the dancers are not out there the whole time. We're not just doing unison side by, you know, mm-hmm. split choreography where it's just opposition and that's all we could do because that's all we have time for. It's like we now started layering and actually taking, you know, the, trying to create... I don't like to use the T word, theater word, because Bill doesn't like me to use the T word, but starting to throw theater into the mix and not just doing these medley reviews that that cruise ships were known for. We're actually mm-hmm. doing full numbers and things have meaning and they have arc and we're singing these beautiful vows and doing these beautiful dance pieces. And, um, and so we started changing the whole ship thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and this was for, you know, we were still in S class, R class mm-hmm. at the, the small ships. We haven't even came out with the big, you know, 80,000 80, ton ships, which were the Zyder, starting with the Zyder Dam. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the, more, the more that Bill was giving into uh, my way of, of wanting to create, the better the process was, the better the outcome was, the better the creation was. Mm-hmm. Um, product was and um so you know we were with production central for a while you know bill got tired of them we went to anita man and i did the same thing there and had the experience with nita anita man um um and then we moved on to uh, stiletto entertainment where i spent you know the next 15 years of my life yeah uh, with stiletto um and that's where i met you at stiletto right towards the, probably the middle because i i remember coming in around 2005 and it so it had but you had been there but not too too long no. um and that's that's where i met you and started working with you on those projects how many how many holland america shows do you think is your best guess that you've done for them <laughs> around 150 yeah mm-hmm. it's about 50 it might be more I don't think it's less if you count all the bumpers and all the special events I've done as well. Um, yeah, a lot. I mean, for a while I was doing seven a year plus yeah. bumpers. Um, yeah, it's about 150 now. I mean, you count up to 25 years and, and now, and that's counting like I'm creative director for some of the shows that I just kind of oversee now. Mm-hmm. Um, Still working with it. I'm usually writing the show that I don't create. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have mm-hmm. part of 
some part of all of it, but uh, yeah, about 150. And I don't necessarily think that any of them, any new build or any process gets any easier. Do you, do you agree? Or do you think they're all kind of have their own, like their own life and their own journey and they're, they're kind of equally as hard along the way? Every new build has its challenges. They're all different, but the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, I expect the same thing. I can expect to fly into Italy and to go live in a shipyard and go live in a world that has sometimes no air conditioning or no electricity or no hot water or the smells coming in. I can guarantee that that's always going to happen. Um, I can always, uh, I walk into the theater and Every time I've walked into a new build theater, it's been at a different point in creation. <laughs> I've walked into there where I'm like, we've got no, we've got nothing. We got no lighting. We got no light rig. We got no yep. light. <laughs> we have, you know, the back, we have no backstage walls yet. I've gone into the theater where everything's been completely done and they're just vacuuming the carpets. I, it's every single experience has been so different with the new build, but the same but the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the same. Uh, exactly the same, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I've done every new build since the Vindam. I think that's 17 new builds since the yeah. Vindam. Yeah. So and I- sometimes those those new builds, it's like a new build. And then a, a few years later, five, ten years later, then you're redoing the shows again that oh, you yeah. just did five years ago, five or ten years ago, and then redoing them again. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's always... <laughs> When you have a fleet of 15, 16, 17 ships, there's always, you know, when I started, we only had eight ships, you know, and they were little ships. They weren't like, they weren't theaters. They were, some of them had pullouts. The first Nordam and had a pullout stage, Mm -hmm. you know, in front of a van cart, you know, and, and as the theaters, you know, were getting more and more, the technology was growing, you know, I had to learn how to keep up with all that as well, going from a pullout stage, you know, on one of the old Nordams to uh, now I'm on the Zyderdam and I have four lifts inside of a turntable inside of, you know, 15 fly spaces mm-hmm. and a pit that goes 15 feet down and can load furniture in and cast and figuring all these curtains out and, it's all running, you know, through Sempty and it was learning all of that too. That was, you know, very exciting for me um, because I really gravitated towards the technology as well as improving uh, the dance, the, the show Mm -hmm. quality show um, transition and all of that that to do with now all these am- that's amazing toys so yeah no john yeah. i have a question for you what um i feel like they're not i don't feel like there's kind of a stigma behind what cruise ship entertainment is and you mentioned something earlier you said that you were starting to layer things and the way that people saw them would be not not as symmetrical or, or more powerful why do you think that stigma with entertainment on ships is is there i th- i just think it's because it's like i said where, where it came from i mean cruise ship entertainment used to not we used to not get the talent that we 
are getting that we got that we get now uh, because we didn't need it. I mean, back then it was a medley of, like I said, it was seven medley where it was all taped music and we're all just kind of swaying back and forth and and doing some box steps and and doing all of that. And I think uh, a lot of the stigma of those days stayed with it even as the industry was growing into this major theatrical experience that now is being sought after by many entertainers but but a lot of you know a lot of look american idol simon cowell didn't do us any good he talked negatively about uh cruise ship entertainment on national television for years years Mm -hmm. and it held you know, I, I really do blame him, and he'll still still say that today. Well, that's very cruise shippy. I'm like, what does that mean now, sir? Mm-hmm. You have obviously been on a cruise ship where I've brought people to tears with the work we're doing. So, and 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 a lot of times, uh, you know, so he'll he'll say that somebody's remarkable, and it's like, well, Jill Persick can sing circles around that girl you just talked about. So I know mm-hmm. you you know what cruise ship entertainment is anymore. And, uh, but I do think the stigma is going away. Yes, it hung on for a while. It sure mm-hmm. did. But I, 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 I don't think, I don't think today you can put that same stigma on that it was. And it just got a bad public name for a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, no, no cruise ship company is doing you know, what we think of as that old stigma of cruise ship entertainment. It has all been elevated to a place of this is a legitimate job that's paying well for a lot of dancers and a lot of singers, a lot of acts mm-hmm. um, that that's paying people, you know, throughout their lifetime. So some people are making career, uh, a career out of cruise mm-hmm. ships. I'm, you know, I'm one of them that that's decided to make uh, because, uh, because of, of the freedom I get and the creativity I get and the budgets I get. And, and, you know, I'm telling you, it's, you got to go to Broadway to work with the, the creative teams I get to work with or the budgets I get to work with, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and the talent too. There's, there's a lot to speak about the talent that's coming towards cruise ships too. Um, and I've noticed a lot, a lot of, people a lot of famous people have done cruise ships before jennifer hudson i mean todger call they've they've all done cruise ships and done successful been successful on those before their careers have even started so i think that and even the dancers that we have are more 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 technique more engaged more performing they they they're they're at the top of their game really Almost, uh, almost all my top people from cruise lines have gone off to do Broadway, television, whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's uh, that's been so great for me is to get a young dancer, say eighteen, nineteen. They stick with me for a few years, and then and then go see them in you know in shows on Broadway, starring on Broadway. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, no, th- there there should not there should not and. I don't want to say will not, but there should not be that stigma on cruise ships ever again. The only stigma right now would be, is it safe? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I think the advancements in 
the technique level and the advancements in everybody's performance levels are there. And there's an advancement in technology as well that really enhances the way we we view things. And I really want to talk about this new this newer project that you've been doing that you mentioned earlier, which is Step One Dance Company. Tell everybody yeah. a little bit about it. Gosh, Step One Dance Company is a company that Holland America came to me to put together. They wanted to do shows with actual brand names. So uh, at the beginning of this process, when Bill Prince said, we're going to take all the the production office ships and we're going to tour actual shows or actual brands that people will would know. And, and what I mean by that would know is recognizable names that you would go and buy a ticket for if you were on land. So we hooked up with Postmodern Jukebox and that was our first brand. The second one, we were going to, we were, we were, we went up to a few dance companies and 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 wanted to get a name dance company signed on. Um, we talked with a few people. We had an offer out to you know Alvin Ailey was almost the step one dance company in that slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then um, you know some things changed and they asked me to uh, put together a dance company. So we put we we decided on how many people were going to be in each company and how they wanted to tour and all that. Then, then the objective was get the best quality dancer you can get and create concert-like shows that would be seen on land that you would buy a ticket for to see in a theater for, from a dance company and have that caliber of talent. And that was the key. You know, there's, there's six person in every, in every company. There's three guys and three girls. And they're each, uh, they each have a, s- s- a specific quality that, that we look for to fill that role. But the most important thing is that technically they are superior and performance-wise, they are superior to any ship cast that you would ever see. In other words, this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, they uh, they said, well, you know, we not only want the best quality dancer, and we will pay for that, and we will give them, uh, you know, uh, they will pay them rates comparable to any touring company that's out there. They were getting their own cabins. They're treated with guest entertainer, um, 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 what do we call that status? Yeah, status. guest entertainers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have guest entertainer status. It's like we will treat them extremely well we are going for people who would not regularly uh go to a ship audition so uh but the but but that was that was the objective of the talent but the objective of the show was they were going to trick out the theater with you know i had a, a 270 degree video wall a video ring that could come down from the ceiling and then and then eight floor projectors pointed at the floor mm-hmm. so basically and a huge budget in content mm-hmm. huge um to me to make the most creative dance interactive show i could possibly do so, and step one premieres what year was that was that 2019 18 18 18, 18. christmas of 18 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right before Christmas. Uh, yeah, so uh, 
they, 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 we had the conversation in January of that year. We had the final, okay, we're going to let John do this in April. Uh, Melanie Lewis was living in um, Las Vegas at the time, and I knew I wanted her to be a big part of it. So we kind of locked ourselves uh, in my living room for two weeks because we were going to do a sketch group in the summer. And, and they didn't, you know, Bill didn't tell me, we're going to do a show about this, we're going to do a show about it. He just said, create something this, you know, this summer. So mm -hmm. I started, uh, we put this big erase, you know, dry erase board in my mm -hmm. living room and just started researching music and, and looking at all the different kinds of interactive that's going on out there in dance or anything, um, mm -hmm. um, not just dance. Um, I looked at everything from every portion of the world and um, started just making lists of different kinds of, of interactive activity I want to do in this number and, in, and a different kind of, you know, interactivity in this number and how to lose the floor in this number and how to, you know, so I went down and separated them into like 12 different kind of categories on different kind of interactive I wanted to do, then found the perfect song that would, that would work mm -hmm. well interactive uh technology and then pick the style of dance and then pick the choreographer who was going to choreograph it and kind of at the beginning of it all i just wanted to do this interactive dance show that that you know wasn't quite sure what it was about yet but i just mm -hmm. wanted to explore it all and then we 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 knew uh we knew it we had a song list and we had and a casting list and the interactive list by the time we flew to New York in June. Um, and I spent the next six weeks um, just exploring that with music and now working with several different choreographers and several different um, assistants and a musical MD and working with our musical director in California and you know, suggestion of songs. And, you know, we found the song Human for the finale and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I had originally had Sky Full of Stars as the opening number in Humanity. But once we found Human there, I started searching around for other, you know, human humanity mm -hmm. songs. And, and I found the song Human by Christina Reach uh, Perry. And with, they were both called Human. And I was like, oh my God, this is something. It's... Mm -hmm. And as I was able to shift things around and shift the meanings of some numbers, it's, you know, the whole thing is kind of, uh, it just fell into place like a dominoes falling after that. It was just, it was, it was, I just did a talk about, you know, step one the other mm -hmm. night with Melanie and, you know, going over, you know, the process again, it was like, after we, after we found the human song at the opening number, the show just fell into place. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's yeah, go ahead. No, it's completely mesmerizing. I've seen a lot of your a, a lot of your work that you've had multiple people work on with with you um, and yeah. you create. But I remember something was different when I saw humanity. Something had changed and it was um, transformative. I mean, this was the only time I'd ever seen on a ship or basically anywhere a dance company of this caliber with technology of this caliber. Those two usually don't meet together that often. 
Um, but I saw the technology with the technique and the level of performance with these dancers and something, um, clicked with me in that show and the whole meaning behind it and what I was seeing. I knew it was transforming the way people were going to view their vacations on ships. Yeah, I, that's so kind of you to say. Uh, yeah, you know, it's different. When, look, when I was the director choreographer, there, uh, no one should ever direct and choreograph at the same time when they only <laughs> amount of time to do something that a director and choreographer working together should do you know what mm -hmm. i mean and um and just to be able to sit back and shape a show as a, as instead of sitting there staying up all night and making up eight counts it freed me a lot just to the direction of of a ship show in a whole different way. I wasn't worried about the eight counts. Yes, I would get in there with the choreographers if I didn't like an eight count, mm -hmm. we would work our way through it. But it really led me to just do a lot of thinking and a lot of, uh, and a lot of directing that I don't think I was doing even two years before that because mm -hmm. I was too busy still into the step, you know, mm -hmm. when I I got a re when I was released from the step we were doing, I was released to see things in a different way, in a better way. Mm. Um, and and look, doing all that research on the interactiveness, I knew there look there was a lot of great interactive going on in video, mm -hmm. but a lot of terrible dancing in front of it. Like the video was only serve the the dance was only servicing the video. It mm -hmm. wasn't the servicing the dance and if you look at a lot of the old interactive stuff like you know the America's Got Talent where they do a lot of impressive stuff with video but it's like but you're only looking at the video mm -hmm. it's like when were we gonna when were we gonna step away from the video even for a, a half second and really be to appreciate the wonderful dance that's going on so that's what I wanted with step one was Yes, we're going to have all this amazing technology, but at the end of the night, I want the audience to say what those were six amazing dancers doing amazing dances, not not what a great video, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and that's and that's what I think what was so different about it is like I, 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 I didn't, especially with Melanie there and all the choreographers, but with Melanie there, I didn't have to worry about whether the eight count worked. If I didn't mm -hmm. like an eight count, I just said, Melanie, just ch go change that eight count. Just, just here's what it needs to say. And I got to just dig into finding the emotion of that show mm -hmm. through, uh, through, through working with all of it. It was like, it, again, I'm going to say the perfect storm because it kind of was a perfect storm, um, allowing me the time because, you know, we, we spent six weeks on that just six mm -hmm. weeks of workshop for a 37 minute show you mm -hmm. know working out every little angle of it you know doing all the previs that we had to do which is you know putting the stage on a computer and looking mm -hmm. at with then a cutaway of the dancing underneath it i mean the previs the technology for the previs was just as impressive as 
the actual show itself because of how we had to be exactly right by the time mm -hmm. we got to the ship, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't exactly right when we got to the ship. There were so, so many little things we had to tweak on the show once we got to the ship. But um, mm -hmm. I mean, I was I was so lucky enough. I had made that transition to um, basically managing the, the portion of the entertainment on board ships that it opened on. And I tell you that the most fascinating things happened from that show because of that show on board. I mean, people were clamoring to see it at every second that we could play it and they always wanted more. And it was because I had worked on multiple sides of the entertainment industry in cruise lines. I, saw this was the first time there was no singing in it. So there was a big, big, big um, um, thing that maybe people were going to miss the singing, but I mean, 40, 40 minutes of watching the most incredible visionary things happening in front of you. You never missed the, the singing and people wanted to see it again and again and again and again. So there was so much that these people loved about it that it kind of transformed their vacation when they saw it and people didn't rec realize like we would go out and say, Oh, this is going to, this is going to be the highlight of your cruise. And people are like, Oh no, but there's no way that six dancers could do that because again, they had a stigma of what maybe they had seen before and other lines, but then this really changed their mind. This, this humanity really was a game changer in all of it. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Does. Yeah. Uh, even Bill Prince came up to me after we um, previewed it and said, you know, You've done it. You've yeah. done it. This is this is moving the cruise ship injury forward again. Mm -hmm. yeah. and you, I need a nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you guys are hiring, I mean, some of the best dancers that are out there. I mean, coming direct from college, coming from ballet companies, coming from jazz companies, modern companies, like you're hiring a good core of people and you're, you're and Holland American cruise ships have always employed so many people, but yeah. now all of a sudden we get to 2020 and now the cruise ship industry has basically now have this, has this new stigma that it's, is it safe? And of course all the entertainment is paused. What's yeah. happening now with you during this time? Yeah, well, good question. What is happening with me? Uh, of course, I, 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 I am mourning the loss right now for mm -hmm. all live entertainment. I mean, it's not just me, but, you know, um, yeah, they, they, they had to let me go, uh, you know, and, um, you know, with the hopes of coming back, of course. Mm -hmm. um, um, so it, I, I guess got to tell you, I, I just don't know what, what the future holds for myself or any of it. I mean, I, so I told Kevin, my partner, I said, well, if I ever get on the ship again and get to go into theater, I think I'll just break down crying. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's something I have taken, I took for granted, you know, the last 25 years, you know, um, walking into those theaters, walking, just walking up the gangway, walking into the theater um, and having that my home. I always said, oh, I have 17 homes all over the world right now. You know, mm -hmm. when I walk into a Hall of America theater, it's my home. 
that's mm-hmm. that's my and um so uh i am just like everybody else i'm waiting i'm waiting mm-hmm. on um the green light that says we can go back or 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 not um you know hall america has, has already sold you know four of their ships mm-hmm. and um you know which yeah. I, i think is a really good thing i do mm-hmm. it's a really good thing yeah um you know we were always great when we were smaller and tighter and um we can mm-hmm. give a lot more quality uh to the the ships that are remaining which we will have eight and possibly nine i think by the time the new rundown comes out mm-hmm. um and that's a whole another thing i mean we had a new build scheduled to come out you know next april yeah. uh that's you know probably not going to come out at that point since they're being built in Italy and Italy was yeah. at home as long as we were. Yeah. So um but I mean I look is there hope in my heart? Absolutely. Is there mm-hmm. hope in my heart that I get to see and re and, and remount um humanity on a ship again? Absolutely. Do I do I uh feel for every dancer that's out there right now? You bet. Um Um I had a I had a a Zoom with the entire Step One Dance Company um 2 months ago um mm-hmm. in, in April and it was three screens long I had to keep going and looking at those faces and the talent and all they want to do is get back out there and do mm-hmm. what they trained for their whole life to do and they can't they, none of them can work right now none of them mm-hmm. um it's 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 devastating it's devastating for me i've you know i've been in this business 40 plus years i don't know how to do anything else mm-hmm. you know right now i'm in online classes trying to come up with plan c yeah. you know um uh in case you know none of this comes back at all uh right. i'm of course plan a is to go back and 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 keep going and create shows for step 1 you know because mm-hmm. it 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 is a very successful um program for Paul and America line and um i i can't see a world where there's not step 1 right now you know i might have to live it but i can't see it right now yeah i so. think i think that's all of us too is there's we always lead with that hope that it's going to be there and maybe maybe it's me for somebody in you know like like the some of the members of step 1 who had just come out some of them were were 19 2021s pretty young that this is the start of their career and i always think about um people that are just starting their career what a what a like a period at the end of a sentence like you this you you're not going any further there's this wall built up because you quite possibly can't there's no way you can perform right now in any sort of venue and it's hard for me to think about all those people that can't perform you yeah. know i've here's, we've all, and we've here's real fear tj here's my real fear with all of this is that some of the some of the most talented uh and shining uh in our industry are also are also some of the smartest people Mm-hmm. that you know and the smart ones the very smart ones are thinking about plan c and plan d 
and could possibly be out of this industry by the time this comes back because of fear, it's going to happen again um, <laughs> out of all those things. And I'm like, you know, Melanie Lewis is thinking about going into being a hairstylist, you know, and if she got a career going in that, we'd have to live without choreography from Melanie Lewis again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is the scary part. It's like how many, how many artists, fantastic artists, are we going to lose that will not come back to this industry? Mm-hmm. Because they've had to move on. They mm-hmm. have moved on. And uh, that, this is my fear. It's my fear with me. I mean, yeah. look, if I, hey, hey, if I get a great paying job in doing medical billing, um, why do I want to leave it to something that could fall on its face again? This is the mm-hmm. scary part of all of this. This is why, you know, I'm telling everybody, you know, have plan D ready. Yeah. You know, have your plan A, which is your hopes and dreams. Have your mm-hmm. plan B, which is hopes and dreams, but I'm going to have something else on the side. You know, plan C is getting a new career. Plan D is, you know, having yet another career. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what What do you think, if if and when this comes back, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist, so I do think that it's going to come back. When it's just, it's just the, the, the question mark right now. What do you think it's going to look like in your, in your opinion? What do you think theater will look like coming back out of this? Yeah. Um. I, I hate to use the word spec. I hate to speculate and I hate to use that word. Um, I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I try to think about it. It's like, okay, this is, this is one way it could go. If we were going right now, mm-hmm. I mean, step one is such a small group. I would quarantine them it, that they only socialize with each other. They are not allowed to go out in, you know, in shore excursion. They're not allowed to go out by themselves. Um, they must wear a mask at all times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is how I see it. You know, it's like we're still going to be living these isolated worlds, you know, that we're living in now, you mm-hmm. know, for it to be able to start back up and continue. And then we have to, we have to, we have to uh, know that the people in that group are smart enough not to deviate from that because mm-hmm. we are 20 years old and we sometimes don't think uh, as, uh, as smart as we should and all that. So, so it's all, it's all fearful to me. Like, yes, yes. It, there's a possibility of it coming back soon. It'll be a very much changed in a new way. Will we be able to sustain that with all this mismessaging, messaging with the mask and then not wearing the mask? And, you mm-hmm. know, the rules that will have to be followed are going to be so much stricter. And is the dance community ready to be that strict in it? Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you know, I, it's like when you really think about how a rehearsal has to go, mm-hmm. it has to be they their walk to the theater, to the studio. They're completely sanitized. Mm-hmm. They go back to wherever they're living is. They cannot go out. They cannot risk. They cannot risk the rest of the cast. They cannot risk the rest mm-hmm. of everyone that could possibly be on the ship. 
these are now huge responsibilities and are uh, the dancers of the world ready to be that dedicated? I think they can be, Mm -hmm. but I think, I think the education needs, needs to get out there more and by our government and, Mm -hmm. um, how this really is affecting live entertainment. You know, it, it's, I don't, I don't even, I don't even believe our government is even thinking at all right now about our industry. I sure. just don't yep. are at all that, that, that sure. Come on back. There'll be nothing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I don't, I don't even know how Broadway is going to work, is going to work that. I mean, uh, look, we all know we've been in a Broadway theater. You're rubbing shoulders with the person next to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, for them to even make money, they have to sell out those houses. They can't afford to social distance in a theater in New York. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how that, I'm not sure how it's going to work. I, instant testing is going to yeah. be a game changer. Mm-hmm. It's going to be yeah. a game changer. You can blow into something and it comes up red or green. I mean, that's going to be a game changer. Um, for everything, for everybody. Um, yeah. um, but I don't know how theater works. If it's like, if it's, you know, even a three or four hour thing, you know, I can see that working for the ships. I see, you know, people coming in, in the, you know, in the shipyard, you mm-hmm. know, lines with their masks on, going into a room, getting t- tested, waiting in a waiting room, um, being cleared in two or three hours to go onto the ship because you're clear, you're clear, clear. I, I yeah. can see, but I don't know how the Broadway theater or concert theaters, how that works. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and, and I haven't been in any of those brainstorming meetings to know how that works. So I'm anxious to see how Broadway will open up in 21. Yeah. How all of us are going to open up and and you know in the, in the coming future and like what you said about step one and the in the the processes the hypotheticals about you know keeping cast together it seems yeah. so archaic and barbaric but it's actually happening so I think that that company uh, Phantom of the Opera and Soul is doing that they're staying together they're not they can't compromise the rest of the company by doing anything else but your job and the show right. and moving in quarantine together and that's that's the goal to give to give the audience a show and that's what they have to do and there's and there's that respect there and it's happening and it's working for them so the model is has started and you know it's out there so it's it doesn't seem as um unattainable to do right 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 well i mean a vaccine is gonna you know be a game changer as well you know yeah and then will be able to make their own decisions about how they want to risk their lives or not. Um, mm-hmm. It's just scary right now that we just can't, we just can't get all of America to wear a mask. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's incredibly selfish. And I've seen a lot of those, you know, non-mask wearers on the YouTube, you know, yeah. on <laughs> these videos that are just, I, I, I would hope they would go back and see themselves and go, oh my God, what an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's worth it for the next eight to six weeks to, you know, to wear a mask if it's going to save your fellow, you know, human being. Yeah, save and so, 
and uh, to allow everything to get back to the way it was before. Never will it be back to where it was before, but at least some some resemblance of what we had before, you know? And if, if that takes six weeks, if it takes eight weeks, great, you know? And that's only going to help everybody in the long run. Yeah, at least get it back so we have jobs. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, yeah, that's... That that's the part that I say. I think I don't think our government. I don't think I don't think we we are we are on some people's radar. Uh, you know that the realization like there will be no live entertainment. Do you understand that? Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. And uh, and I just don't think people are really thinking that way um, because if it's not happening to them, it's not happening to them. You know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, but our community is is taking a huge hit, and I feel and cry and and I can't tell you how many dancers reach out to me that I and I make sure I write back every single one of them um Mm -hmm. uh, that you know to keep your hopes high and your hopes up and um um, if you're meant to do this you're meant to do this and Mm -hmm. um keep going but have your plan b have your plan b um, and that's for dancers in life in general, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, there's a very small percentage of us that, that grow up and are still in the field, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still, uh, you know, have that plan B always, um, and the little thing you sent me, what you said, school versus not school. And I'm, and, you know, I was the not school guy mm-hmm. who just very lucky, um, I I say school all the way, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's me. I would, I, if I was to go back in time, um, you know, school would have been, if I was living in this day and age, let me say that because the day and age I lived in, um, uh, I couldn't have gone to school. I had some, we lived in a different society where gay mm-hmm. people were, I was mm-hmm. beyond belief where I just had to leave school, you know, because I needed to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, um, today that would never have happened, but I always say, you know, school, number one, go to school. And like, I, I, um, uh, I always think the kids that went to college are, are slightly more well-rounded mm-hmm. than, than, than some of, you know, and that's generalization. I'm not saying that there's exceptions out there. I'm, I'm not saying that at all but you know when i'm when i was doing the ship thing where you know i needed the singer dancer and my actor it's like the school kids were it they mm-hmm. had they were ready to sing dance and act you know and yeah. um uh, i say school all the way although yeah. here i am <laughs> <laughs> you're a fine example of of no school, but I totally, I totally agree with you. I've, I, that's been kind of the platform for some of this is, you know, deciding for people that don't, they don't know if they want to go to school or if they, they find out that somebody else's plan is, is more like theirs and they don't want to go to school. You know, and I always say school's for some people and school's not for some people. Right. Right. I, mm-hmm. I mean, look, if, if I didn't go to school, but I did go to school, you know what I mean? I didn't stop mm-hmm. school self it's like like you know as you know i went to everything i did i took classes in everything um including acting cold reading uh you know a a, Mm -hmm. a expensive voice lesson every week 
you know, doing my voice lessons every single day for an hour and a half, going to three dance classes. I mean, I went to school. Yeah. I just, I, I you know, so yes, mm-hmm. you go to a university, but it doesn't mean you're not going to school, kid. You're going to yeah. school. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're going to be by somebody. Um, yes, of yeah. course. And speaking uh, of schooling people, John, you've 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 mentored and been a part of so many performers' lives um, thus far. Even you know, with your twenty-five years, even just at Holland America, you've really witnessed a lot of people, and and a lot of people are connected through you and through all the work that you've done. And I'm so, I. I'm so proud to be one of those people and I got to work with you and I'm so glad I got to hear your story because it kind of fills in the blank for a few things Does that it? I might I, not have known. Yeah. DJ, I feel, feel like I've rambled and I'm not made much sense. So I hope it comes out better than <laughs> No, it's completely, it, it definitely, I love doing these because I get an insight on, on to who these people are. And I think that's kind of my platform. Another platform for this podcast is to give people, let people see who these people are and what their paths were to get to what they're doing now. And I think that, I mean, I, I had tons of insight on what uh, what you did growing up. And that kind of made me, like, I always see you. One of the small things is I always see you and always remember you in a pair of Adidas and a pair of Adidas track pants and a black jacket. Now I understand because you did Adidas for seven years, you felt comfortable. You loved that stuff. And it kind of just kind of went with you as you, as you went on in your life. So small things that kind of like, aha, that kind of filled in the blanks. Now you know why the Adidas. I, yeah. I had been opening, you know, I had been opening up new t-shirts for like, Years after years, I was giving. If you were a size eight and a half, you got shoes for <laughs> door when you came over to my house because more were just coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah, Adidas. Yeah, that is best explained. I, I I'm curious to know: Do people not know that I didn't go to any kind of schooling? And I mean, is that kind of known, or I don't even I know did. what people. I, I don't even know what people know about me, quite frankly. I didn't know if you went to school or not. That was yeah. something that we never we never we never discussed because, right. like you said, when, when we're working, when you're working on projects that are so in depth, like a new build, it kind of is um, it encompasses your life and it becomes who you are for three, four, five, six months, yeah. and that's kind. And you have conversations, but it's hard to sit down with somebody and say, "Did you go to school? What did you do with right. this and that?" Yeah. Oh, you're right. We sit mm-hmm. down and we talk about what we thought was good about the number or bad enough the number or was this fierce or was it, oh God. And then I have an aneurysm. We got to change the whole order of the show. I, it's not working. And <laughs> and then we do it, you know, and it takes that, te- we, we're all part of a team that does it. And the, the one consistency of every team is you. And we, we, as, you know, members of that team, we stay with the project and we have the ability to, you know, we, we stay with it much longer than you do. So you're there and you help shape it all. And, you know, of course we talk about, you know, things that we do on the weekend or great shows that we're watching or other things, but we never really kind of can sit down and kind of hash out everybody's lives as we go on. Right. Yeah. But it was was so great having you on John. And like I said, I love learning everything. I think it's, it's amazing. Good. I guess uh, I send a ramble and I get stuck on words, so this is why I don't yeah. usually. 
but thank you for uh, pushing me through it. (laughs) It's amazing. Thank you for doing it. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. To view additional content, follow Ease Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and leave comments on the episode wherever this podcast can be found. See you next week.